0: Well, good afternoon, everybody. Happy New Year. And it's good to be together this afternoon. I'm glad you could make it and be here. And for anybody that's on Facebook, I guess. Hey, man, good to see you all. And I'm glad you could join us. It's good to have, again, everybody here. Got a couple of things to tell you about. One, Mark Landon wanted me to remind everybody, if you've brought anything for Church on the Streets, you can meet him out here afterwards in the small dome by the Welcome Center, right, Mark? And he'll take whatever you've brought today. Also, I want to mention something. You know, last week we had that brunch. It was fantastic, and we want to thank all the people that helped with that. They did a fantastic job. I thought it was great. Yeah. And uh, I uh, I didn't know Chuck could cook that well. I mean, I was really impressed, you know. So um, also today, the people that have helped decorate and and uh, transform the, the auditorium here for today's celebration. I want to thank you for that. I know that some of you came in, swept the floor, got it all clean, as well as set up tables. I know, I know that Ashley, I believe, was out here and, and with Melissa and Denise and and several of you. Thank you for for doing this. I mean, this is really makes it special. Okay, um, and it's great again to start the new year together uh, here on a on a Sunday afternoon. What's the theme for 2022? Let's get right into it. The theme for 2022 is Jesus is. And you might say, well, what's the blank for? Well, that's your problem. (laughs) Okay. We're needing help because at Greater Alton, we've had trouble with this. (laughs) But no, no, seriously, you know, we're we're just wanting to spend the year talking about the life and lordship of Jesus and, and how it relates to who we are and what we do. As a believer, as a church. And so what I want to do is I want to spend just a few minutes here, maybe a few more than a few minutes, talking about four goals because of this theme. What what are we what are we wanting to do and accomplish this year? You know, it really is about our focus on Jesus. The Bible says something like um, Let us fix our eyes on Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. And, and that whole idea of focusing on Christ and thinking about Christ and making it about Jesus, uh, everything we do, everything that we are. And so what what are the four goals I want to share with you uh, here this afternoon to think about? I know next week we're going to hopefully have our calendar out and it's got every month it's got a, a verse that's uh, focused on Christ and focused on one of these goals so uh, let's let's I know you don't have any notes, and if you want to write on the, the tablecloth, whatever you want to do, or write on something you can or take notes if you like here 's the first goal the first goal is identify Jesus. We want to spend the year really looking and understanding how to identify who jesus really is you Have you ever met a celebrity? You know, I didn't meet any celebrities till I moved here back in 19. Mm-hmm. I remember I started meeting celebrities. I've met Lou Brock, shook his hand, and felt that World Series ring. It's huge, you know, to meet someone like that. I've I've met Jack Clark. uh I've met the governor of Illinois before. I've I've met diff- different celebrities. What does it do to us? If you're in fact, sometimes you'll sit back and go, "Is that really?" Could that be? I just don't know. And you look a little bit more, and you talk with your friends. Is that, you think, is that, is that them? Is that him? Is that her? One time, um, we were at a basketball game. My nephew, Reese, was playing high school basketball. And uh in the crowd was somebody. Reese was dating, uh, and, and married her later, Emily. And Emily had, and her family had some relatives that lived in California. And one of the relatives was on TV. And she was in the crowd. Her name was Aubrey Anderson. I don't know if you know who Aubrey Anderson is. But she played Lily on, uh, Fan, uh Modern Family. She's about 10 years old. And I see her. And my heart starts racing. <laughs> and I'm getting nervous. I find out she says, you know, I got to. She she likes Reese. She has a crush on Reese. Got to have some Reese's pieces, is what she would say, you know. And she'd sit there and watch him go up and down, you know, the, the the basketball court. But I wasn't watching Reese. I went there to watch Reese, mind you. But I wasn't there. I was too busy looking at Lily. And there she was, and I just saw her on TV that week. There she is, you know. They live in California, and they come to Illinois to get away from it all. Well, I'm just, and then Denise goes, "Come on, let's go over and, um, and see Reese." And he's talking with Aubrey, and I'm, and Emily, and their family, and I'm walking over. You know, <laughs> the girl's ten years old, folks, and I can't. And she goes, "What's your name?" My <laughs> name. I could not speak. I could not talk. My heart. I was sweating. I don't know what it was. It was about a celebrity. They do that to us. There's something about that. at Lambeau Field. My boys took me to Lambeau Field, and I'd never been to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Been a Green Bay fan all my life, and here we are at Lambeau Field, and we're taking a tour of the field, and we're in the tunnel that Brett Favre has went through, that that Aaron Rodgers and and Desmond Howard and you know all these you know Reggie White, all these greats have actually ran through this very tunnel, and I'm like, well, this is just and I go, I walk up to the welcome center at Lambeau Field and I'm just emotional. Why am I so emotional? What's, I have a, I don't get that, I didn't get that emotional going to Bush Stadium. I didn't get that emotional going, you know, to, to watch the Rams play the Packers or I, I didn't get emotional. No, for some reason I can't handle it. And the woman says, hi, can I help you? And I go, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I lost my. And she goes, because you're home. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I, I walk up and there's a big G on the stadium. I identify, I see it, and my emotions, my body, all responds to it. If you've ever made a, met a celebrity, if you've ever been some landmark, doesn't it do that to us? Sure. I couldn't help but start thinking about Jesus. What does Jesus do to me? How do I see Jesus? Because folks, the way we identify someone or something has an impact on the everything else. How we, how we just live. How, how we feel about things. And Jesus here, when I start thinking about Jesus, I just think about, do I get excited? Do I get tongue tied? Cause he's not just a celebrity. He's the son of God. I think about people in the Bible, a woman who recognized Jesus from a distance and said, if I can just touch the hem of His garment. And we all know how that worked out. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians talks about how he says, we used to regard Christ from a worldly point of view, but no more. It's different. When I, By the way, the Apostle Paul at one time identified Jesus as an insurrectionist, right? As somebody who was not the Son of God, was a blasphemer. And all of a sudden, that's totally transformed and changed everything He does, His goals, His plans, every every inch of Him. And you see, your view and my view of Jesus have such an impact on what I get excited about, what discourages me, in other words, emotional stuff, my emotions, if I, if I identify Christ and really have an, ade- and really understand who He is, it will have an impact on how I feel about things, how I see things, how I plan things. How I regard Jesus determines what I value, what matters most to me, how I listen to Him, whether or not I trust Him, whether or not I obey Him. You know, here in Matthew 16, up here on the screen, here's a passage, it's a very familiar passage. It says, when Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who are the people saying I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, who do you think I am? I mean, he's leading up to that question. You realize it, right? He doesn't care what everybody else says. He goes, what do you guys think? Because Jesus is about to go to the cross, and He's got to know are these guys with me or not? And Simon Peter answered the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the Living God, and then God, what's Jesus say? God has blessed you, Simon. You know, when you have a good, when you have a, a, a convicting view of the identity of Jesus, God can bless you. Blesses you. He says you're blessed. He goes, for my Father in heaven has personally revealed this to you, and this is not from any human source, and you're Peter, a stone, and upon this rock, this kind of view of me, this conviction, this, the way, this, the way you identify me, Peter, I'm gonna build my church, and the powers of hell shall not prevail against it. See, everybody has a view of Jesus, and a lot of people have the wrong view of Jesus. Who do people say I am? John the Baptist. Is that <coughs> wrong? Elijah. <coughs> wrong. One of the prophets? <coughs> You're out. You say, but 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 think about it, Tim. To be called John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah? Aren't those compliments? Aren't those those are I mean to be called, be associated with those kinds of guys? And the prophets? Oh, of course. But folks, Jesus is not after compliments. He's after commitment. He's not, he doesn't settle with being like somebody. He wants you to know who he really is. And that's so important because see, John the Baptist said, he must become greater. I must become less. Elijah was just a, was somebody who brought Jesus, introduced Jesus. He was part of the preparing for Jesus group. Jeremiah, the same way. It was believed that Jeremiah, that he took the Ark of the Covenant and some sacred things and hid in the mountains and was going to come back and, and bring the Ark of the Covenant just, bring it back to the, God's people just before Jesus come back. I want you, what I want you to see is it's so important that we, who, who do, how do we see Jesus? How do I really view him? How do I really see him is so important. Because just like he asked the disciples back then, He's asking disciples in 2022, "Who do you think I am?" And it's and and see, this is a, this, the answers only you can give. He's challenging us, I believe, in this theme. Who do you think I am? And can I say this to you? How you're living right now is your answer. That's sobering, isn't it? It's challenging. How you're living right now is how you're answering this question. You know, these guys that he was talking to had left everything and yet he was tell, asking them again, who do you think I am? It doesn't matter how long you've been a disciple, how closely you follow Jesus, this question still has to stay before us. Who do I think Jesus is? When I go, I'm in the workplace, my idea of Jesus is going to affect how I, how I perform in the workplace. When I'm at home, when I'm here, when I'm, wherever I am, at Schnooks, shop at, you know, wherever I go, Lowe's, Home Depot, whatever flavor you have there, how I see Jesus really has a, has a, has a bearing on how I'm going to live life. I think he's asking this question to these guys because, you know, they could go back to their old life. You know you could too, right? So it's good to refresh ourselves and ask ourselves, who is Jesus to me? Do I really identify? Have I have I clearly identified who he is? We're going to spend 20, 2022 talking about that, understanding who Jesus is really about. Because I believe this, church, how we see Jesus determines whether or not, like Jesus said here, you're going to build my church, I will either build or destroy God's church with how I see Jesus. And I can build or destroy this place simply by how I see Christ. Does that make sense? So it starts there. So I'm saying to you in 2022, find the answer to that question. Find the answer of who is Jesus to you. Here's a second goal. Interest. Interest. In the words of Jesus, interest. Here's another goal: is be, being interested in what Jesus has to say. I got to admit something to you. I hear what I want to hear. Anybody else like that? I hear what I want to hear, and I don't hear. I don't hear what I don't want to hear. It's funny. There's 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 a problem with preaching. I feel okay. It's a personal problem. Okay? And that is, I'm going to. I share with you stuff, uh, or the fellows, rest of the guys. We share stuff out of the scriptures, and it's our. We say it's our interpretation. But I got news for you: we've not only interpreted the scriptures; you're interpreting it as it's being spoke to you. We're all interpreting, and it's and 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 it's based on what we want. Some much most of the time, what we want to hear, not what we need to hear. And so this year, we're really wanting to focus on the words of Jesus. They're so important. Look what it says here in Matthew 17, verse 5. This is at the Mount of Transfiguration. And God speaks to three disciples, Peter, James, and John, as they witness Jesus, Moses, and Elijah together. These words are not for Jesus. These words are not for Elijah. These words are not for... For Moses, therefore these three disciples, and they still ring true for us. He says this, he says, this is my dearly loved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And that's why Jesus is, was constantly encouraging his disciples, keep listening. Listen to what I have to say. Listen, if you have an ear, listen to what I have to say. Why? He did not want them to miss his message. Look at this passage in Luke 8. I found this very interesting. The only verse I could, that I happen to stumble across that gives us this impression that we need to really think about how we're listening. He says, take great care, therefore, about how you listen. I'm responsible for hearing the words of Christ. How I hear the words of Christ, I have to, I have to, tra- I have to train myself to listen for the voice of God. And oh, is God going to be speaking to us this year? Just like He spoke to us last, He has got so much to say. And I wonder, have you ever wondered, what's He going to say to me? What's He going to say to you? And He wants you to not not miss it. Take great care, therefore, about how you listen. See, to me, the big challenge in 2022 is, is, am I gonna, am I interested in listening to the Word of God? Because there's so much verbal noise out here. There's so many things taking our ear that catch our ear. I find myself, you know, in 2020 and 2021, my ear caught a lot of criticism. And that's what, that's, I caught myself focused on criticism or discouraging things. And somehow I didn't hear Jesus. I didn't hear Jesus a lot of times the latest news, the latest news cycle. It's maddening when you see a chart that shows you the media news cycle for 2021. The topics that they pushed. And Jesus is not one of them. I want to hear Him. I want to hear the Lord. I want to be like Samuel who would say, Yes, Lord, your servant is listening. But for me to do that, I've got to turn my ear to him. You, church, we've got to turn our ear to the Lord and listen His words. The, well, look at this. Look, look what it says here. Uh, it says, "Desire God's pure word as newborn babies desire milk." I always thought that was a new Christian verse, but He's not talking to new Christians. He's talking to every Christian to desire. To desire. I don't, you know, the Word of God, like a newborn desires milk. Now, I'm not trying to be too graphic here, but I've seen children that are so hungry trying to rip the clothes off of their mother. They don't care where they are. I am hungry. So let's get to work, Mom. They're crying. They're frustrated. They will get your attention. One way or the other. Am I right, mom? And I've watched some of you guys go, man, I gotta, sorry, I gotta go. Or, or you're covering up because this kid's not gonna stop. Because they crave something. They crave the milk of their mother. And this is the picture. The picture that God gives, that gives us in this passage. That we're to crave like newborn babes. The pure word of God. Listen to these. I'm just read these verses to you. This is what Jesus says about his words. He has a lot to say about his words. Let me give you a few here. He says in John 14, Remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. Why should I listen to Jesus? They're from heaven itself. They come from directly from the throne of God. That's why. Here's another one. Life is spiritual. Your physical your physical existence doesn't contribute to that life. Wow. The words that I have spoken to you are spiritual, and they are life. What's he saying here? He's saying that my words, he says, my words, Tim, give life, give real life, real meaning to life. You can't find it in the physical world. Luke 21, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. You know, I love it. Jesus' words are are eternal. You can always count on them. They're, They're the constant. I, I can't, men, great men say things, great men quote things, they are they are quickly forgotten and tossed aside. You have to look them up on the internet. But Jesus, His words stand forever. They do not pass away. I'm trying to tell you this, this afternoon, is some words are not worth remembering. But these are. How interested will you be in the words of Jesus? That's a goal. John fourteen twenty six says, but a helper, Jesus says this to encourage his disciples. A helper will teach you everything and cause you to remember all that I've told you. This helper is the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, church, God is going to speak to you in 2022. I know this because he speaks to us every year. He's going to have something he wants to say to you this year. And he may do it through a sermon. He may do it through a Bible study, a quiet time. He may even do it through some inner voice that you just go, man, I just can't shake this thought and he sends his holy spirit to help me with that he may talk he may talk through a small group he may talk through another believer that loves you enough to tell you something you you need to hear see here's the challenge that i think you and i face if we're going to be interested in god's word we've got to deal with those personal filters that we run everything we hear through what are you talking about, Tim? I'm saying again, I want to hear what I want to hear. And i we all have this little filter. Maybe it's the American in us. We, see, we interpret Scripture. By the way, it's been proven, Americans interpret Scripture a certain way. Our culture has geared us to do this way. I would just love to have the unadulterated or unaltered word from God. Wouldn't that be nice to be able to be objective? But you have to work at that. What is he really saying to me here and then i go through all my fears and my feelings or my pride or my preferences or or my impure motives you know sometimes i'll study the bible you ever done this you hear a sermon or you read the bible and you go that's a good verse for that's a filter i've had several of the guys they'll get done they'll get done preaching they'll say well how did i do I go, what? How did I do? Alan asked me that time. How did I do, Tim? Come on, give it to me. I know what you're going to say. Oh, I'm sorry, Alan. I I was encouraged by a colleague of mine to put away the red pencil when I'm listening to you preach that I should just listen to see what God's trying to say to me. Is that selfish? No. That just makes sense. It just makes sense. So what... I'm asking you this year to try to identify and deal with that filter that keeps you from hearing what Jesus really has to say to you. Here's goal number three. That's imitate Jesus. I don't know how good you are at imitating Jesus. I only talk about me. I'm pretty lousy sometimes. I tell you, sometimes I don't even get close. I mean, my desire is there, but sometimes... I was like, what am I doing? Why did I say that? Why did I think that? But I'll tell you what, that's undiminished. That ever since I became a Christian, that's undiminished. I want to be like Him. Ephesians 5, the Apostle Paul said these words, You are God's dear children, so try to be like Him. And then he says, he gets more specific, live a life of love, love others just as Christ loved us. And he goes on to say, who gave himself up for us as a fragrant sacrifice and offering to God. You know, Jesus is known for two great loves in his life, his love for God and his love for people. Those are the two great loves that Jesus is known for, and, and and Apostle Paul said, you know, I I discovered something about Jesus. He loves his father, and he loved me. He was patient with me. Worse the sinners, and yet he died for me. And he said, and so what's he do? He encourages the church at Ephesus, disciples, Christians at Ephesus, just like he would 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 uh, like he was called to imitate the life of love that Jesus displayed. Let me tell you something, I I, I believe this to be true. Even today, there are critics of Christianity and the church. Am I right about that? There's so many critics of of Christianity and the church. And the only way they're really silenced, I notice they're really quiet when their focus turns away from the church and they start looking at Jesus. You ever notice that about them? It's like Gandhi. Remember what Gandhi said? I, got a, I don't have a problem with Christ. I have a problem with his followers because they're nothing like their Christ. What an indictment, huh? Now, why, why is it that they, they all of a sudden they can't say a word? They're completely silenced by this when they look at Jesus. Even, even my pagan friends and members of my family, when we're talking about churches, oh, yeah, they're down on churches. I said, so what about Jesus? And all of a sudden they go, well, he's a whole different thing. And they're quiet. Why? Because they cannot deny how he loved God and how he treated others. Right? He just loved people. He was fair. He wasn't brutal. He wasn't critical. Did he critique people and correct people? Absolutely. Was he humble, though? Yeah. I noticed that Jesus is able to treat people in a way to keep their dignity intact. He's warm. He's tender. He spoke with care. He respected people. He patiently listens. Lets them finish their sentence. Ouch. I never found a passage where Jesus interrupted anybody. Did you know? Have you noticed that? Never found one of those. Blows my mind. And 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 when he's on the cross, what's he say on the cross? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Oh my goodness, Jesus! They know what they're doing. They're killing you. No, they don't, Tim. They really don't know what they're doing. No, don't do that, Jesus. Now I don't have I don't have a hook. I don't have a place where I can justify my lack of forgiveness. Oh. I want you to be like this, Tim. I want to be like you too. But it's scary. Imitating Jesus, really imitating him, huh? It's intimidating sometimes. But that's what he calls us to do. And like I say, I want to tell you again, I I fall short of being like Christ. I'll be the first to admit it here. I fall short again and again and again. But I so desperately want to be like him. I'm after that. And I want Greater Alton to be after it too. That this year we really start thinking about how can I be like Jesus? What would Jesus do with this that I'm going through? I'll say it again. There's so much unrest in our society. Would you agree with that? Such a critical spirit. I get caught up in it. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Don't we get caught up in it? This critical nature It's so broken. We're divided, we're racially divided, politically divided, we're 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 fracturing over masks and vaccines and social distancing. Jesus said it this way, he predicted it moments like this. He said this because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Will grow cold. He's talking about a chill in the air. And have you have you felt it? The chill in the air at the workplace, or the chill makes its way into your home, or when you're just shopping, people fighting and arguing. Or on 270 during rush hour? The chill. On the websites, on, on, on Facebook, the chill. You guys noticing it? Have you noticed it here? The love of most will grow cold. Why? Because of wickedness in the world. Jesus would break through that wickedness. He would remind us that we're to love one another. Look what he says here in John 13. A new commandment I give you. What's the old commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, I got a new one to replace that one. What's that? I want you to love one another just as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. I used to think if we had slick lessons and graphics and we had really creative events that that would make people take notice of us. Let me tell you, folks, that is not what people notice. They notice if we care about one another. They notice if we care about anybody. And man, I'm not going to point. I'm not, I'm not after blaming anybody. I'm not even after shaming any of us here. I'm telling you, COVID and our culture has had this profound impact on the way we treat each other. On how we see each other, I notice more suspicion between us. We're second guessing everybody's. I, I get caught up in it too. We, this critical nature is just eating us alive. You probably heard. I don't know if you probably heard the story. Don and I went to Chicago to pick up a van. <laughs> it was a disaster. The van didn't work. Like we thought it would, the guy kept knocking price. He went from twelve five to eight thousand bucks, trying to give this van to me. I had twelve grand in my pocket, and I'm going, no, it's it's just too many things wrong with it. So we walk outside, and Don goes, so what's the plan now, boss? We're in Chicago, two days before Thanksgiving, and we don't have a ride home. My phone goes dead as I'm trying to get tickets for Amtrak. It's just one. Disaster after it's a hot mess. It's a mess, okay? And so finally we we end up we got an Uber driver to take us somewhere and, and um we end up walking a couple of blocks to Fat Daddy's Bar. What's the name of that place? Fat Daddy <laughs> I said, it's the only place to open, Don. I gotta get my phone charged, or we're not gonna go get home. I gotta get tickets for somewhere. So we go inside, there's five guys at the bar, they've been there a while. <laughs> One guy gambling, the guys they got slots, they got the flags going, slots. And there's this nice uh bartender, as nice as could be. We walk in, hey, welcome to Fat Daddies. What's wrong? I'm going, what? What's wrong? I can tell. I can see your face. Oh, yeah, everybody says that. <laughs> well, what's wrong? I said, well, and I go, well, we come up here? We rode the train to get a van. Don't get that The van didn't run right. and We don't have a right home. I'm trying to get home. don't do. And Don's like, grow up. What's wrong with you? She goes, oh, i mean calm down. And the, and the five guys are going, yeah, 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 I will help you. Really? And they... They come up with all that. Rent a car. We try that. Doesn't work. Well, then just go to a hotel. Go to a hotel and take the train in the morning. That's not a bad idea. But I want to go home the next day. And back and forth we go. And she is getting on her phone trying to find ways and goes, why don't you go by plane? You can Midway Airport. It'll cost you 500 bucks. But hey, you'll be home by the night. I get on the phone. I get it done. We call it Uber. We go to the airport, wait four hours, get on the plane. We're back. Things are good. You know, I mean, there was shame. Lots of shame. I'm not going to sit here and tell you all about the lectures I got when I got home. But anyway, Don and I said, you know, when we go back to Chicago, like we're going to go back to Chicago. (laughs) When we go back to Chicago, I want to let's go buy fat (laughs) daddies. We both were thinking the same thing. Why? I'll tell you why. I walk in, they don't even know who I am. And they're wanting to help me. They're not even judging me. No judging going on. They're trying to get me, don't stick around here. Don goes, can you make some coffee? In a bar? That's what she says, in a bar? Well, just asking. Sure, I'll make you some coffee. We had fresh coffee. These drunks are trying to help us out. I'll drive you home. And Don goes, "That's okay. We'll think about that." It's the truth. But I, I, I don't know how to explain it. I want to go back to fat daddies. They didn't know me. They didn't judge me. All they want to do is help me. I didn't meet these guys at work. I didn't meet these guys on the street. I met them as a group. And I went. I looked at Don. I said, "Don, I got to admit, there's there's some churches that are not as warm and friendly as Fat Daddy's. It can't be the name that's bringing them in. It can't be the name. It's not the name. It can't be the plush surroundings. It smelled of musty beer and cigarette smoke. It wasn't that. It was the people. Janet uh, Bader and I were talking." As we had things set up for the brunch, and I said, "You know, Janet, I don't care if this church gets down to zero. You know, I'm just glad to see that when we're doing something, we try to do it right. It was just nice that we go to we 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 do it to the nines. And she goes, "I agree with you, Tim." And I said, "And I told her, I said, you know, I just I don't I don't know. I I brought up fat daddies again to her, and I said, you know, if we could just figure out a way to be like those people in fat daddies." she said well I'll tell you what it is Tim those people fat daddies have nothing to lose they're not carrying themselves arrogantly like they got it all together Huh? they're not walking around like you know we got something you don't they're saying hey man we're just like you and she goes and, and we talked about how we used to be like that a lot of us were like that you say, Tim what are you trying to say I'm saying is that we're to Im- called to imitate the the love, the life of love that Jesus had. And I, listen, every one of you here, you've stuck with us. You've stayed here. I just want you to know that I praise God for every one of you that have hunkered and said, look, I'm not budging. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to love here and I'm going to learn and grow here. And I think God is... Blessing you because of that? I want to say, though, we've got to raise the level of love here. We Just like he told the disciples, and Paul told a church, the church at Ephesus, which loved Jesus a lot, which, by the way, later on would be told they lost their first love. Known for their love, we've got to imitate the life of of love that Jesus displayed. We have our critics, church. Our critics are after us, man. They're making it clear. We don't care about people. We don't love people. I know some of you here love people. But I say to all of us here, we need to raise that level of love here. Uh, Yes, when you're out and about and you hear about members needing some help or hear about some, when you're in your neighborhood or in your workplace, raise the level of love of Christ. What I want to ask you to do in 2022 is let's raise the level of love right here on Sundays. I would encourage you to make sure that we speak to our guests. We welcome them. In a warm, welcoming, loving way. It starts with our guests. And we also notice weak Christians or new Christians. That we try to avoid what some people have called the holy huddles. That we just see the same old, same old people. And let me say this to some of us here, there's some of us here. You've got to quit keep you've got to quit keeping score. Who's talking to me? Because it's, you're not here to, it's not about you. It's about living the life of Jesus. And it means that we think of others who loved others. And so I want to encourage you, this year we're going to, we're, we're wanting to, we're wanting to lift up this love. And we, I need your help. I want, I want Greater Alton to be a warm, welcoming place. That's all. That we don't walk by people without saying hi to them. That's rude. You know. And by the way, I'm not saying now. Listen, I want to make this clear. I'm not saying let's have. We need a a uh, first impressions police. You know what I mean by that. Well, Tim wants it to be warm and welcoming. Come here, buddy. You're not being warm and welcoming. I'm not asking you to do that. Don't do that. Don't no, just look at yourself and go, how can I be warm and more warm and welcoming? For those of you who are outgoing personalities and you'd talk to a to a fence post for hours, keep it up, keep it up. For the rest of us that tend to be a little how do you say it? We tend to suck the life out of people. You know, we we tend to get get get. What, what Jesus said it's more blessed to give and receive. Consider how you can talk to someone. I, I I'm asking you put three names down. Three different names every Sunday that you you'll talk to these three Christians. I used to do that. I'm doing that again, making sure I'm speaking to some people. Because we do not know. I do not know what you're going through. Uh, goal number four. <laughs> goal number four. Intentional. I want, what I want to say is that we initiate Jesus in 2022. I just don't want to know a lot about what he says and know a bunch of facts about Jesus and leave it at that. God didn't fill me up to keep it all to myself. and He doesn't fill you up to keep it all to yourself. He wants it shared. He wants it told. Look at this passage here in, in, in uh, Mark 16. He said to them, go everywhere in the world. Tell the good news to everyone. I'm asking myself, when's the last time? Ask yourself this too. When's the last time you talked to anybody about Jesus? When's the last time you talked to anyone or invited anyone to church? But Tim, this COVID thing, this COVID thing, you've got to understand about the COVID I understand about COVID. I know that people are saying this will save lives. And we've been talking the fire out of this. But there's something else that saves lives, church. And I just wonder how much energy I've been wasting on, I'm not saying waste, I won't say waste, on this and not giving more energy to this. Because if I'm interested in saving lives, of course I'll talk about this. But what about this? I'll go weeks and months without even mentioning Jesus to anybody. But I've got my view about the mask and the vaccine. And I'm glad you wear a mask. I'm glad people wear a mask around my 89-year-old mother that will be 90 next week, next Sunday. Okay? I I was sicker than a dog. My wife was sicker than a dog. Danny was sicker than a dog. Everybody in our family was sicker than a dog. And my mom came to visit. What is wrong with you, mom? And she shows up, and I call. I've been calling her every day for a month, every day since Thanksgiving. How you feeling? How you doing? How's it going? Well, I'm feeling just fine. Good. Ring, 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 ring. How you feeling? How you doing? Well, I got a little cough. You got the You've got co- No, no, Tim, I've had to cough for two months. Oh. So it's no big deal. You've had to cough for two months. <laughs> I'm okay, okay. How you feeling? Well, I'm a little tired. You're tired? That's one of the signs. Well, Tim, I'm 89. It may not be the virus, it may just be age. Let me tell you, I'm learning something from mother. We can talk about this, but we definitely talk about this. We talk about Jesus. I'm so glad my mother's a Christian. I'm glad my, my mother's coming back. I'm so happy she's going to be back here. And I'll tell you one thing. This saves lives, folks, too. I'm just asking, how much are we talking about this? And how much will we talk about it? Or will we get ourselves caught up in this again? I'm, just saying, I'm not saying don't talk about this. But We need to be talking about Jesus. I'm asking yourself to do this. Do a verbal inventory of 2022 or 2021. Do a verbal inventory of 2021. And like the news media did all the, the news feeds and, and showed a graph and chart of which, the, the trends and stuff, what was the topic, the top three topics you talked about in 2021? And I want to encourage you to bring that to the topic of Jesus and your church, and bring it up to the, somewhere in those top three. Why is that important, Tim? Out of the overflow of the heart, the, the heart, the mouth speaks. And I want you to know the Bible says actions do speak louder than words. But listen to me, they do not speak in the place of words. He says, "Go tell someone." And th- listen, we were—we had a church. We had our church. We had uh, Montessori here uh, for their Christmas thing. There wasn't a mask in sight. Now I know doesn't your view or my view doesn't matter. I, what I noticed was people are going to get together, and people want to get together. Why not invite them to church? COVID is not, I'm not sure if COVID's the reason people aren't coming to church anymore, Alan. I think it might have something to do with our lack of communication. We're just not speaking and not talking about Jesus and about His church. Look what it says here in 1 Timothy 1.18 as we close. It says, don't be embarrassed to speak up for our Master or for me, His prisoner. What's he, Paul telling Timothy? Don't be afraid to speak up about Jesus And another, other disciples. Don't be, don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed of them. Don't be embarrassed. Speak up about Jesus. Speak up about your church. And so that, so that 2022 will be a year saturated with who Jesus is. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for putting up with me. Let's see what we can do together this year. What will Jesus be to you? That's the most important question that's in front of you right now. Who will Jesus be to you? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I always say that, Father. I thank you for your word. It is so so challenging and so refreshing and encouraging, Father, thank you for your son Jesus. I loved being at the table, you know, praying with Jim and Suzanne and my wife. It was just so encouraging, Father to listen and ask you to worship you i father i know I know I need to adjust how I see. Your son. Father, I know that when people see your son Jesus, they drop their nets to follow. They fall to their knees to worship like Thomas. Father, they, they change their whole, their whole life strategy. Paul goes from persecutor to proclaimer. He goes from being this guy that, that's, that's uh, putting people in prison to serving you and going to prison. Oh God, I pray that, that we'll capture this year what you're really about. And we, Father, we pray as a church will listen to you. You're, I know you're trying to talk to us. We know you're trying to say things to us. And Father, we pray that we'll just be open, like, again, like Samuel, and just say, Lord, I'm your servant. What do you want? What do you want to say to me? God, we pray that you'll help us imitate. Imitate that life of love that loves you like Jesus did, loved you so much, and it displayed that love just spilled over in the way He treated other people. Help us be more sensitive. I know, I know, Father, as an eldership, that Alan and Gary and I have got to step it up when it comes to helping the rest of us here put in front. We, I know, we got to put in front of the church ways we can serve and love. But I know, Father, I'm confident in your membership here. They know how to love people. Help us see the needs of others. Think of people that need a word, a look, or a touch. And Father, we pray you help us initiate Jesus, that he become part of our regular conversation. Father, we pray you bless 2022. Heal the broken hearts in this church. Encourage the discouraged excite those that are just in a rut to see who your son really is. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.